Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Christmas Lights. It's interesting that lights have become one of the most notable decorations used to celebrate the birth of the one who is called the light of the world. We'll take a closer look at what this means during this message series, Christmas Lights. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. Well, Christmas is that season when we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world who comes to shine into the darkness in our world and in our lives. And today we're going to be looking at the truth that Jesus shines into the darkness of guilt to free us from shame. Now, um, you know, we, we live in strange times uh, when it comes to, to guilt and shame. Uh, one author has written this, the dominant worldviews of our age have turned beliefs about right and wrong, good and evil, into little more than expressions of feelings. And that should have freed us then from feelings of guilt. But as New York Times columnist David Brooks writes, uh, religion may be in retreat, but guilt seems as powerfully present as ever. And then he quotes from uh, Wilford McClay's The Strange Persistence of Guilt. He says, technology gives us power and power entails responsibility and responsibility leads to guilt. He said, you and I see a picture of a starving child in the Sudan, and we know inwardly that we're not doing enough. Uh, Whatever donation I make to a charitable organization, it can never be as much as I could have given. I can never diminish my carbon footprint enough or give to the poor enough. I can't end slavery or pay for that or structural poverty or water pollution or deforestation. He goes, there's an endless list of items for which you and I take the rap for emotionally and we can't do anything otherwise. And yet, he says, there's no clear framework in our culture today. There is no set of rituals to guide us in our quest for goodness. He says, worse yet, people at large have a sense of guilt and sin, but no longer since they live in a loving universe marked by divine mercy, grace, and forgiveness. There is sin, but no formula for redemption. There is sin, but no formula for redemption in the culture that we live in. But uh, in this place, in the body of Christ, in the church, we understand that there is a place. And, and just to demonstrate, uh, you know, how there is in our culture this idea that people don't know what to do with uh, their guilt. Um, researchers point out that there's been a, a, a huge popularity increase of anonymous online websites where you can post your sins and post your feelings of guilt. Uh, people don't know where to go to deal with that. So uh, today we're going to look at that, that, that Jesus shines into our guilt to free us from shame. Now, to begin with, we really need to, to back up and, and sort of uh, talk about uh, you know, where guilt and, shin, sin, uh, guilt and shame come from. So let's go to the back to the very beginning and state this point. Jesus came to light the way to salvation. 
We celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world, that he came to light the way to salvation. And we read about that in the Gospel of John in the first chapter. So, so let me read some of those verses. In the beginning was the Word. The Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He came to his very uh, he came in the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to be children of God. So at Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus came from heaven. And, you know, in these scriptures, you know, John uses several uh, titles to talk about Jesus. He, talks, he calls him the Word. He calls him the light. He, he points out that he was present at creation. But we understand ultimately that Jesus came into this dark world that had been fouled by sin that affects all of humanity. And he shines into that darkness, showing us that there's a way to God and to everyone who believes in him. He gives the right to become children of God, to become sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, who James calls the Father of lights, who shines into our lives. So Jesus shines the light on the way that everyone in this world can understand that they can have eternal life through faith in Jesus. We also need to understand that Jesus came to save us from sin and from the darkness of sin. You know, there's a spiritual truth in Scripture, and you see it from uh, the book of Genesis all the way to the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. Uh, and it's this truth that all humans, every single one of us, we're all guilty of sin. Uh, King David saw this reality, and he wrote in Psalm 14 these words. The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God, but no all have turned away. All have become corrupt. And no one does good. Not a single one. The prophets also understood this revelation. Isaiah wrote this. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. In other words, we've, we've turned away from God. We've turned away from following his way. And he's speaking to the people of Israel. We've turned away from what God wants, and we've gone our own, our own way. We've become self-centered. We've become selfish, thus sinful. Paul echoed that same sentiment in the book of Romans when he said, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, uh, look, I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer, but we all have to recognize that there is this spiritual truth that all of us are sinners. And Scripture tells us that sin keeps us from spending eternity with God in heaven. So we need a way to be saved from the power that sin has on us, the power that sin has to keep us all in spiritual darkness, separated from God forever. We need a Savior. That's why God sent His Son the true light to earth so that we would know that God loves us and there is a way for us to know him. 
When God sent Jesus, he prepared the way, and, and, and it couldn't have been any clearer in the way he prepared the way. He, he prepared the way by sending an angel to Mary, and then he sent an angel in a dream to Joseph, and he told them both that the child that Mary was going to give birth to his name was going to be Jesus. Now, this was radical because he didn't take on his stepfather's name. He was given a special name. And in the Gospel of Matthew, we read these words about what the angel said to Joseph. He said, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We understand then that the name Jesus literally means the Lord saves. Jesus came to be our Savior. He has the name that tells us that he came to save us. John understood this. And, and in the Gospel of John, we read words that are very, uh, uh, not always the most popular verse. In John 3, we think of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But it's the verses that follow us talk about how Jesus came to save us from sin. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that they may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. The prophet Isaiah wrote about the Messiah. He wrote about this one who was to come and do what we just saw that was going to bring the light into the world. He, he wrote about how the Messiah would come and he would save us. And in doing so, he would take on both our sin and our shame. Just listen to these words from Isaiah 53. He says, the Messiah will be a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. It, will be, it, will, it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, our sins. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. You see, as followers of Jesus Christ, we understand that Jesus came into the world on a mission. He, he left the wonder of heaven to live with us and to show us the way to heaven and to be the final sacrifice and pay for the sins of all of humanity. Now, I know to our 21st century minds, the thought of making sacrifices for sins sounds both barbaric and naive, but when Jesus came to earth, that was how sins were paid for. That's how forgiveness was given. As Paul writes, God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. 
So this is the heart of the good news about Jesus. He came to lead us to God, and he came to die to pay the price for our sins, and he defeated sin and death by being raised back to life. So Jesus saves us from our sin and from eternal darkness, separation from God. But as all of us know, when we've done something wrong and we've sinned, uh, even when we are forgiven, we still struggle with guilt and shame. Guilt and shame about what we've done. Embarrassment. That's why it's important for us to know that Jesus shines into our guilt to free us from our shame. Jesus shines into our guilt to free us from shame. The Apostle Paul described how we are saved from both sin and shame when he wrote, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is your, with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And then he goes on, as Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Now, do we all make mistakes? Yes. Do we all sin? Yes. But because Jesus comes to save us, we will not be put to shame. We will not have to live in that shame. Our faith in Jesus is our hope of salvation and eternal life. And as Paul says, this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts. In other words, this is true. God promises this and God keeps his word and he takes away both our sin and our shame. Now, we understand that sin carries with it the feelings of shame and embarrassment. Think about it. When you've been caught in the act of sin, what do you feel? You feel embarrassed. You feel ashamed. Or when you confess what you've done, what do you feel? When you make a confession, you generally feel ashamed. You feel embarrassed. You recognize that you've done something and you, you wish you could take it back, but you'd never done it again. Uh, but the Bible tells us that these feelings of embarrassment and feeling ashamed were not things that concerned Jesus. It says in the book of Hebrews that he endured the cross disregarding its shame. In other words, Jesus took on our sin and shame, and that means we're forgiven. That means we're justified by God, and that means we no, have, no longer have to live with that guilt and shame. When Jesus shines into our guilt and frees us from shame, that means that God sees us as forgiven, and he remembers our sins no more. You think about it, Jesus uh, we read in scriptures that when God forgives us, he removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. We read that he purifies us from all unrighteousness. Through Jesus' redeeming work on the cross, our sins are forgiven and our guilt and our shame are removed before God. We're forgiven. They're forgotten by God. Now, as I say that, we all know something about sin. All sins have consequences. They have spiritual consequences with God. They also have consequences on the human plane. God forgives us when we come to him and confess our sin. He forgives us of our sin. He forgives us of what we've done and he removes our shame. 
But as I said, sin also has consequences in our human relationships. Those consequences may mean that even though you're forgiven, your reputation with others has been damaged. Or it may mean that even though you're forgiven, you feel embarrassed and ashamed of what you've done and you carry that with you. Even though you are forgiven, that also means there may be significant consequences, legal consequences, moral consequences, relationship consequences. You may have to make restitution for things that you've done. But maybe the hardest one is this. The consequence that we still carry with us, our guilt and our shame about what we've done. Remember this. You're forgiven. You're forgiven by God, and he wants you to walk in that forgiveness. He wants you to walk as people who are unashamed, who are free from guilt, and he doesn't want Satan. He doesn't want the devil to rob you of that truth. When Jesus, the light of the world, shines into our lives, he lights the way for our salvation. He saves us from the darkness of sin, and he frees us from guilt and shame. And that should be enough for us to comprehend, right? It is, but there is something else. Jesus said this. He said, to whom much is given, much will be required. So think about that. When we realize that we've been saved for eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, that we've been forgiven of our sins, that we've been freed from guilt and shame, we realize that we've been given much. And if we've been given much, we need to share with others what we've been given. So this is the fourth thing that I want us to hang on to today. Jesus wants those who walk in his light to shine the light for others. You know, I've, I've always been moved by the grace and the mercy that was extended to the character uh, Jean Valjean by the bishop in Victor Hugo's Les Miserables. When Valjean is caught by the police with the silverware that he stole from the bishop's house, the bishop tells the police officers that he gave them to Valjean. Then the bishop admonishes Valjean in front of the police officers for forgetting to take the silver candlesticks also, saying that, I, that he had given them to him. And he reminds Valjean as he gives him the silver candlesticks of the promise, the promise that he made to use the silver to become an honest man. Now, we know Valjean didn't make a promise. We know he wasn't given the silver. The police know it too. But we see that the bishop hopes that in giving Valjean another chance, he can motivate him to become a changed man, to become an honest man. If you read the novel, uh, the bishop reveals his motivation for being so gracious. Listen to what he says. He says, if the soul is left in darkness, sin will be committed. The guilty one is not he who commits the sin, but the one who causes the darkness. An interesting comment. The bishop doesn't want to leave Valjean in the darkness of sin and shame, 
Now, I'll be honest, I don't agree 100% with what the bishop says, but what I see in him is this concept that as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to help others find out what we've discovered, that Jesus Christ is the light of the world and his light shines into our lives and dispels the darkness of whatever darkness brings and that we have the responsibility to share that light with others. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said some words that sometimes are confusing to us. He said this. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to God to love other people and to tell them the good news about the light of the world who has shone into our lives and who continues to shine into our lives. We need to let them know so they'll experience the light of the world shining into their lives. The news that God shines in the darkness to us is good news. Good news that needs to be shared. That we have a God who loves us and shines light and love on all of us. So as followers of Christ, we're supposed to care about others' lives and their eternities. So we need to help them see that Jesus is the light of the world who came to save us all for eternity. We also need to care about their lives on earth so that they can know that Jesus also frees them from the guilt and shame of their sins. So following the example of what Jesus said in Matthew, we're supposed to take the light that God shone into our lives and let it shine into the lives of others, basically to be reflectors of his light. When we do that, we bring hope. We bring joy. We bring power in knowing that there's a God who loves us enough to shine into our dark world. You may remember several years ago that uh, Senator John McCain uh, was asked to share about his personal journey of faith. And in the article, he shares this powerful story about his years as a prisoner of war. He said, when I was a prisoner of war in Vietnam, my captors would tie my arms behind my back and then they would loop the rope around my neck and my ankles so that my head was pulled down between my knees. I was often left like that throughout the night. He said, one night a guard came into my cell. He put his fingers up to his lips, signaling for me to be quiet. And then he loosened my ropes to relieve my pain. The next morning when his shift ended, the guard returned and he retightened the ropes, never saying a word to me. A month or so later, on Christmas Day, I was standing in the dirt courtyard when I saw that same guard approach me. He walked up and he stood silently next to me, not looking or smiling at me. And then, with his sandaled foot, he drew a cross in the dirt. We stood wordlessly looking at the cross, remembering the true light of the world, even in the darkness of a prison camp. 
You know, that act didn't free John McCain from his captors. That act did not exempt him for more torture, but it did shine the light of Jesus into his life in a very dark place at a very dark time. Can you imagine what that moment of light shining in his life meant at that time? It gave him hope. It encouraged him. So we have that responsibility to, to let the light of the world, Jesus Christ, shine into our lives and be reflected to others. And this morning, I want to conclude with a, a time of reflection for all of us, but I have a couple of challenges. Listen, if you're uh, dealing with your own feelings of guilt and shame. Look, God doesn't want you to be stuck there. Uh, Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we no longer have to carry the weight of guilt and shame for what we've done. We can be forgiven and we can let go of those feelings. If we don't, we're saying that what he did on the cross wasn't enough, wasn't enough for what we had done. We're hanging on to something that he doesn't want us to hang on to. We're hanging on to something that brings darkness into our lives when he came to shine light into it. So before I go any further, I just want to go into a time of prayer. And, and if you're struggling with guilt, if you're struggling with shame, if you're struggling with embarrassment over something you've done, I want you to join in this prayer time with me. So if you would, bow your heads. Father, as we come into this place, Lord, we recognize that you sent your son to this earth to pay the price for our sins and our shame. Lord, we thank you that you came to uh, give forgiveness that erases the power that sin has on us to keep us separated from you forever, but it also pays the price to take the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment that we experience. So, Lord, right now we stand on that truth that shame and embarrassment and guilt have no place in our lives, that Jesus' death on the cross was enough to remove both sin and shame. And we want to walk as sons and daughters in victory, knowing that we are forgiven and that our sins are forgotten. So, Lord, help us to deal with that. Help us to accept that forgiveness. Help us to walk without guilt, without shame, without embarrassment, knowing that we're forgiven and free. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. But I also have to speak to you about the reality that we have a responsibility to this world. A world that really... Uh, says that, you know, right and wrong are relative. You know, what's wrong for you may not be wrong for me. What's right for you may not be wrong for me. You know, the idea that truth and moral right and wrong is relative. We have a responsibility to, to shine the light of Jesus into that false darkness. That we have a God who loves us and doesn't want us to be separated forever from him because of our sins. We have a God who wants us to uh, share that light that we've experienced with other people. And so that calls each and every one of us to be reflectors of his light in the way we live, but also in the words that we speak. We've been forgiven much and to those who are forgiven much 
They understand it, and they need to share it with others. The team's going to sing this song about forgiveness, and I just want you to reflect on the words. Let God minister to you through the words. Just let God speak to your heart. Let God know that you're here and that you're listening. Let's just listen to what they sing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.